Today is the ninth day of December. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is great to be here with you around the global campfire today as we gather together to take the next step forward. I am so glad to be here today. It This time of year is hectic time of year, isn't it? It's so easy to be distracted and so to have this anchor, this place around the global campfire is awesome. And uh, so I'm grateful that I could have a place around this global campfire together with everybody else and then we can move forward together. Our moving forward today essentially has us moving into completely new territory, both in Old and New Testaments. And so in the Old Testament, we will actually read an entire book today. Another one of the minor prophets. This will be the book of Joel. And then when we get to the New Testament today, we will be moving into completely different territory. But we will also be embarking on the final journey in the New Testament. And that will be the book of Revelation, which will take us to the end of the year. And so we'll talk about both of them as we get to them and as it turns out we are at the threshold of the book of Joel which is another one of the books that are grouped together known as the minor prophets and nobody really knows definitively with super clear clarity who Joel even was there's other people in the Bible with the name Joel But scholars don't believe any of those people are the author of this prophetic book. And there aren't a ton of clues. Joel has a a similar language style with some of the other prophets. For example, like Ezekiel or Jeremiah or Amos or Micah or Zephaniah. Which leads some scholars to conclude that maybe Joel isn't the, the work of a person named Joel a single work by a single person, but more of a collection of different prophetic works. But there's others that say, no, the similarities with the other prophets are because there was like a prophetic culture and there was training. And so there were prophets and kind of like schools of prophets. And so they learned how to write this way. And so they, there are similarities because they were trained similarly. We don't know. Like, none of that. Those are plausible things. We just don't know. And Joel doesn't have any historical clues to guide the way in the search, which then makes dating the book really difficult. And dating dating these books becomes important just in situating them in history where they happened so that then... The, con- the context around what was going on at that time can be known. Loosely, Joel has been dated between 500 and 800 BC, but that's a pretty good spread. But scholars have held that dating this book isn't necessary to understand what its impact would have been and what its message is. Joel writes of a vast horde of locusts that invaded the land and ate all the vegetation, everything green, and destroyed the crops, which brought on a fantastic famine in the land. 
And Joel uses that disaster basically as a backdrop to call the children of Israel back to God to repent, which is customary in the prophets. And Old Testament scholars generally believe that the uh, the locusts were real. Like this, this was a real natural disaster being used in prophetic form as opposed to the locusts being a metaphor for something else, a great plague of locusts as an allegory. Most believe, no, this really happened and became the backdrop for Joel. And as we were saying, with so many of the other prophets, Joel's words reveal a fork in the road and that a choice must be made and that there are paths that can be chosen. And the correct path would be the path of repentance. And that will lead to restoration and blessing. Or the alternative path is to continue in rebellion, which would lead to the great and terrible day of the Lord. And some of that is described. And it would be great and terrible, but there's a different path, the path of repentance. And following that path would be even greater. The restoration would be even greater than the destruction. And so even as we're just kind of laying this out and talking about it a little bit, we can see like this mimics life so well, like so many of the other stories in the Bible that we've read. But we'll also find some beautiful and very famous passages in the book of Joel. Joel tells us, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. And your sons and daughters will prophesy and your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. And so we'll get to hear that today as we move in and through in its entirety the book of Joel, which has three chapters and we'll read them all. We're reading from the New Living Translation today, Joel 1 through 3. The Lord gave this message to Joel, son of Petuel. Hear this, you leaders of the people. Listen, all who live in the land. In all your history, has anything like this happened before? Tell your children about it in the years to come and let your children tell their children. Pass the story down from generation to generation. After the cutting locusts finished eating the crops, the swarming locusts took what was left. After them came the hopping locusts, and then the stripping locusts, too. Wake up, you drunkards, and weep. Wail, all you wine drinkers. All the grapes are ruined, and all your sweet wine is gone. A vast army of locusts has invaded my land, a terrible army too numerous to count. Its teeth are like lion's teeth, its fangs like those of a lioness. It has destroyed my grapevines and ruined my fig trees, stripping their bark and destroying it, leaving the branches white and bare. Weep like a bride dressed in black, mourning the death of her husband. 
for there is no grain or wine to offer at the temple of the Lord. So the priests are in mourning. The ministers of the Lord are weeping. The fields are ruined. The land is stripped bare. The grain is destroyed. The grapes have shriveled, and the olive oil is gone. Despair, all you farmers. Wail, all you vine growers. Weep, because the wheat and barley, all the crops of the field are ruined. The grapevines have dried up, and the fig trees have withered. The pomegranate trees, palm trees, and apple trees, all the fruit trees, have dried up and the people's joy has dried up with them. Dress yourselves in burlap and weep, you priests. Wail, you who serve before the altar. Come, spend the night in burlap, you ministers of my God, for there is no grain or wine to offer at the temple of your God. Announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Bring the leaders and all the people of the land into the temple of the Lord your God and cry out to him there. The day of the Lord is near, the day when destruction comes from the Almighty. How terrible that day will be. Our food disappears before our very eyes. No joyful celebrations are held in the house of our God. The seeds die in the parched ground and the grain crops fail. The barns stand empty and the granaries are abandoned. How the animals moan with hunger. The herds of cattle wander about confused because they have no pasture. The flocks of sheep and goats bleat in misery. Lord, help us. The fire has consumed the wilderness pastures, and flames have burned up all the trees. Even the wild animals cry out to you, because the streams have dried up, and fire has consumed the wilderness pastures. Sound the trumpet in Jerusalem. Raise the alarm on my holy mountain. Let everyone tremble in fear, because the day of the Lord is upon us. It is a day of darkness and gloom, a day of thick clouds and deep blackness. Suddenly, like dawn spreading across the mountains, a great and mighty army appears. Nothing like it has been seen before or will ever be seen again. Fire burns in front of them, and flames follow after them. Ahead of them, the land lies as beautiful as the Garden of Eden. Behind them is nothing but desolation. Not one thing escapes. They look like horses. They charge forward like war horses. Look at them as they leap along the mountaintops. Listen to the noise they make, like the rumbling of chariots, like the roar of fire sweeping across a field of stubble or like a mighty army moving into battle. Fear grips all the people. Every face grows pale with terror. The attackers march like warriors and scale city walls like soldiers. Straight forward they march, never breaking rank, 
They never jostle each other. Each moves in exactly the right position. They break through defenses without missing a step. They swarm over the city and run along its walls. They enter all the houses, climbing like thieves through the windows. The earth quakes as they advance, and the heavens tremble. The sun and moon grow dark, and the stars no longer shine. The Lord is at the head of the column. He leads them with a shout. This is his mighty army, and they follow his orders. The day of the Lord is an awesome, terrible thing. Who can possibly survive? That is why the Lord says, Turn to me now, while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. Who knows? Perhaps he will give you a reprieve, sending you a blessing instead of this curse. Perhaps you will be able to offer grain and wine to the Lord your God as before. Blow the ram's horn in Jerusalem. Announce a time of fasting. Call the people together for a solemn meeting. Gather all the people, the elders, the children, and even the babies. Call the bridegroom from his quarters and the bride from her private room. Let the priests who minister in the Lord's presence stand and weep between the entry room to the temple and the altar. Let them pray, Spare your people, Lord. Don't let your special possession become an object of mockery. Don't let them become a joke for unbelieving foreigners who say, Has the God of Israel left them? Then the Lord will pity his people and jealousy guard the honor of his land. And the Lord will reply, Look, I am sending you grain and new wine and olive oil, enough to satisfy your needs. You will no longer be an object of mockery among the surrounding nations. I will drive away these armies from the north. I will send them into the parched wastelands. Those in the front will be driven into the Dead Sea, and those at the rear into the Mediterranean. The stench of their rotting bodies will rise over the land. Surely the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, O land. Be glad now and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Don't be afraid, you animals of the field, for the wilderness pastures will soon be green. The trees will again be filled with fruit. Fig trees and grapevines will be loaded down once more. Rejoice, you people of Jerusalem. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for the rain he sends demonstrates his faithfulness. Once more the autumn rains will come, as well as the rains of spring. 
The threshing floors will again be piled high with grain, and the presses will overflow with new wine and olive oil. The Lord says, I will give you back what you lost to the swarming locusts, the hopping locusts, the stripping locusts, and the cutting locusts. It was I who sent this great destroying army against you. Once again you will have all the food you want, and you will praise the Lord your God who does these miracles for you. Never again will my people be disgraced. Then you will know that I am among my people Israel, that I am the Lord your God and there is no other. Never again will my people be disgraced. Then, after doing all those things, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my Spirit even on servants, men and women alike. And I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For some on Mount Zion in Jerusalem will escape, just as the Lord has said. These will be among the survivors whom the Lord has called. At the time of those events, says the Lord, when I restore the prosperity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will gather the armies of the world into the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I will judge them for harming my people, my special possession, for scattering my people among the nations and for dividing up my land. They threw dice to decide which of my people would be their slaves. They traded boys to obtain prostitutes and sold girls for enough wine to get drunk. What do you have against me, Tyre and Sidon, and you cities of Philistia? Are you trying to take revenge on me? If you are, then watch out. I will strike swiftly and pay you back for everything you have done. You have taken my silver and gold and all my precious treasures and have carried them off to your pagan temples. You have sold the people of Judah and Jerusalem to the Greeks so they could take them far from their homeland. But I will bring them back from all the places to which you sold them, and I will pay you back for everything you have done. I will sell your sons and daughters to the people of Judah, and they will sell them to the people of Arabia, a nation far away. I, the Lord, have spoken. Say to the nations far and wide, Get ready for war. Call out your best warriors. Let all your fighting men advance for the attack. Hammer your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Train even your weaklings to be warriors. Come quickly, all you nations everywhere. Gather together in the valley. And now, O oh Lord, call out your warriors. 
Let the nations be called to arms. Let them march to the valley of Jehoshaphat. There I, the Lord, will sit to pronounce judgment on them all. Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, tread the grapes, for the winepress is full. The storage vats are overflowing with the wickedness of these people. Thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision. There the day of the Lord will soon arrive. The sun and moon will grow dark and the stars will no longer shine. The Lord's voice will roar from Zion and thunder from Jerusalem and the heavens and the earth will shake. But the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a strong fortress for the people of Israel. Then you will know that I, the Lord your God, live in Zion, my holy mountain. Jerusalem will be holy forever, and foreign armies will never conquer her again. And that day, the mountains will drip with sweet wine, and the hills will flow with milk. Water will fill the stream beds of Judah, and a fountain will burst forth from the Lord's temple watering the arid valley of acacias. But Egypt will become a wasteland, and Edom will become a wilderness, because they attacked the people of Judah and killed innocent people in their land. But Judah will be filled with people forever, and Jerusalem will endure through all generations. I will pardon my people's crimes, which I have not yet pardoned, and I, the Lord, will make my home in Jerusalem with my people. Okay, so we're covering quite a bit of ground today as we move into new territory in the Old and New Testaments. And now that we're here at the New Testament, we have brand new territory, but we have also reached the final book that we will move into this year as we're going through the Bible. And that is the book of Revelation. And there really isn't another book in all of the Bible that has been so intriguing to people and fascinated readers in ways that nothing else does. And it's been interpreted in a myriad of ways over thousands of years. Some of them like science fiction sort of interpretations. Others are pragmatic and scholarly. Revelation itself will identify the author as John. And that brings up all kinds of questions. Which John are we talking about? And that isn't clearly articulated. Traditionally, the author is John, the apostle of Jesus, who wrote the Gospel of John, as well as 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, Although there's scholarly debate about all that, but whether John the Apostle of Jesus was the author of the book of Revelation has been debated since at least the third century, and it continues to be debated until today. Most scholars, based on the evidence that we have, hold with tradition the Apostle John was probably the author of the book of Revelation although there are biblical scholars that would vigorously debate that. 
Regardless, if the Apostle John is the author of the book of Revelation, then John was banished to the island of Patmos, where this revelation was given and written down. And it's believed that Patmos at this time was a Roman penal colony, like where political prisoners would be exiled or criminals would be sent. Sort of this island that nobody can escape off of. An island prison, as it were. And the island of Patmos sits in the Aegean Sea. It is between modern-day Greece and Turkey. It's not all that far from Ephesus, where it's believed that John spent the latter part of his life. The book of Revelation itself is considered to be a work of apocalyptic literature. And that is one of the reasons why there are so many widely varied interpretations about every aspect of the book of Revelation. Apocalyptic literature as a genre is a highly symbolic form of writing. And the reader then has to wrestle with and discern what is what everything means. What's to be taken literally? What is to be considered symbolic? What is being said as an allegory? What is being said as actual events to come? And since we're dealing with perhaps the end of the world as we know it and a new era beginning for humanity, then obviously there would be a lot of consideration and intrigue around interpreting the book of Revelation. And so there has been a lot of intrigue and interpretation of the book of Revelation leading to very, very different and diverse conclusions. And this has been going on for thousands of years. Some look at the work in Revelation from an entirely first century perspective and interpret it and conclude that the events in Revelation, uh, they, that Revelation was speaking to specific things that were happening at that time and those things have taken place. Others look at the book of Revelation as uh, beginning in the first century but lasting all the way until the end of the world, and so we're in the thick of it right now. Others believe that the symbolism in Revelation has no time. It's, a, it's like a timeless discussion about the cosmic struggle between good and evil. And any of these views can be legitimate. But if we get overly swept away in the details, trying to match up things and make them fit the time that we are currently in, well, we would be the first ones to ever be right by that method. And so we can get ourselves whipped into a frenzy very, very easily, but in the end, we may not find the fulfillment of what we thought was going to happen. That has been happening with every generation since this has been written and nobody's been correct yet. One thing we'll notice no matter how we're trying to interpret the book of Revelation, the theme that we have been, that has been escalating as we continue further and further into the New Testament, the theme of endurance is a foundational theme in the book of Revelation. Like almost to the point that 
all of the references to enduring and persevering that we have encountered all the way have led us to this point where this is the major theme in the book of Revelation. And we begin to see that enduring is an irreplaceable thing in the ultimate battle between darkness and light. Revelation tells us that those who stay faithful to the testimony of Jesus and endure until the end will be eternally victorious. John says they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. And as we read Revelation, we'll discover that endurance isn't like hiding. It's trying to wait something out in a passive sort of way, just trying to stay hidden. Enduring isn't a defensive thing. Staying true and enduring with the truth when the whole world is turned against you is a strong, aggressive statement against deception. And deception is one of the greatest forces ever set against mankind, as we'll see in Revelation. And we'll see that the reader is instructed to remain true, hold to the truth, be a witness to the truth, be a light in the darkness till the very end. And as Revelation teaches us, the very end is actually a new beginning. And so with that, let's dive into the book of Revelation. But before we do, one little thing that we're going to try this year. I have been reading through the Bible well, this is the 17th time in a row. And so this will be the 17th time through Revelation in a row. And what I have learned is because of what we're doing in the Old Testament, moving through the minor prophets very, very rapidly as we move toward the end of the year, we have a lot to talk about just in giving an overview of what it is we're reading in the Old Testament in the minor prophets. And it's really, really difficult to do that and try to decipher or present all of the different ways that Revelation has been interpreted all at the same time. And so I try to kind of keep us moving forward with the material that we are moving through. But a couple of years ago, I was like, let's take the Revelation path because you really can't take both of them without every day being really, 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 really long and complicated, really intensely complicated. But a few years ago, I was like, let's just do it. And we kind of stuck to the path of revelation, not from an interpretive perspective where it's like, here's what it means and here's what you have to believe. Like I was just saying that people have come to all kinds of conclusions about every nuance of the book of Revelation. But I did go through it and try to present some of the problems, some of the challenges in interpreting it, some of the different ways, some of the major ways that different sections of Revelation have been looked at. And I went back and kind of reviewed that a little bit, thinking, how do we incorporate all of this? And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to continue through the Daily Audio Bible like we do and cover every one of the minor prophets as we encounter them. And we'll talk about whatever we talk about each and every day. 
But we won't be talking about Revelation. Because at the end of the program each day, so we do the Daily Idea Bible, we talk about it, we pray, talk about anything that's going on in the community and things to keep us connected. And then there are the prayers of the people that we hear and pray for them. And then that's that's typically the end of the day of the Daily Audio Bible. After the prayers, from now until the end of the year, I'm going to insert those discussions from the book of Revelation so that if you want to take a deep dive and really kind of swim in the intricacies there, that'll come after the prayers. It's not every single day, but it's most days between now and the end of the year. And so that will, well, I guess that'll give us some bonus content each day as we move toward the end of the year and through the book of Revelation. And if that is uh, life-giving and a good thing, then maybe we'll continue that in years to come. But this will be the first time we've ever tried this. And so I'm just making you aware of that. That's not going to happen today. We have covered a lot of ground today, moving into and through Joel and now kind of setting up Revelation. So we'll just kind of stick to where we are. But tomorrow, after the prayers, that's when we'll kind of start this Revelation exploration. And I'll just kind of continue to remind us when there is bonus stuff at the very, very end about the book of Revelation. But for now, let's get into the text itself. Revelation chapter 1. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. This letter is from John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, from the sevenfold spirit before his throne and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God, his Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, 
who always was and who is still to come, the Almighty One. I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering and in God's kingdom and in the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. It was the Lord's day, and I was worshiping in the Spirit. Suddenly, I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. It said, Write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. Write down what you have seen, both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen. This is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Psalm 128 A song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. How joyful are those who fear the Lord, all who follow His ways. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How joyful and prosperous you will be. Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing within your home. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. That is the Lord's blessing for those who fear Him. May the Lord continually bless you from Zion. May you see Jerusalem prosper as long as you live. May you live to enjoy your grandchildren. May Israel have peace. Proverbs 29:18 When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild, but whoever obeys the law is joyful.
Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you that it is, it's coming at us fast now. And we, we thank you for that because it forces us to very much pay attention to what is being said. And we ask that your Holy Spirit lead us to what we need to hear. Whether that be in the thick of the book of Revelation or whether that be in any of the minor prophets that we are moving through as we move toward the end of the year. We love you. And it would be so easy for us to start checking out and, re- and just kind of feeling, feeling and realizing that we're close to the end of the year and it's really, really busy when there is so much left for us so much left to help us set up and begin strong what comes next which is a new year so holy spirit come as we continue to move forward step by step day by day even as things have accelerated in our lives in the world and in the bible help us to retain and understand what it is that you are showing us lead us into all truth we pray In the name of Jesus, we ask. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com That's home base. And that is where you find out what's going on around here. The Daily Audio Bible app will do that as well in the palm of your hand. And you can get that from the app store that connects to your device. And we all know it's Christmas time around here, everywhere, and that includes around the global campfire. So a couple of of Christmas-oriented things. Uh, first, the annual Daily Audio Bible Christmas party that we have each year. This is the last call that you uh, for you to call in your holiday greetings to the community here. And you can do that by pressing the hotline button in the app. Or by dialing 877-942-4253. And obviously that's the prayer and encouragement lines. And so they're just doubling right now as our holiday greeting line. The only thing is if you if you have a prayer request or encouragement, call that in like you would. Call your holiday greeting in separate so that we can keep them separate. And again, last call, last call. If you want to get in for the party this year. And so that's going on. There is also some holiday music from the community here for your holiday playlists. Let's see. uh, Jill, my wife, Jill Parr. You can look for her Oh Holy Night single. Uh, We also have... Uh, a Christmas single that she released a few years back with Do You Hear What I Hear and Oh Come All You Faithful on it. And that goes back a little a little ways. I listened to it last night and I was like, okay, I got to remind everybody this exists. If you want your face ripped off by the mighty power of my wife's voice, then you'll have to hear her rendition of Do You Hear What I Hear. But then I was listening to Oh Come Are you faithful? And just remembering when we recorded that, because China was a a lot littler. She was doing Daily Audio Bible Kids then. And she certainly wasn't grown and married and have a child of her own. Um, But one year, Jill was out on a Christmas tour with uh, Nicole Mullen, and China was out on the road. And 
was singing every night in front of thousands of people. And so we recorded this and uh, it came on and it took my breath away because it was China as a little girl singing a little bit of a duet with her mommy at the end of the song. And so anyway, that's all available for your playlists for Christmas. Um, there is the Family Christmas album. And so you can look for Family Christmas and my name and you should be able to find that. And then there is the Christmas Time album. So you can look for Christmas Time and Maxwell Hart and my son's name. And uh, enjoy. Place all of that into the rotation of your holiday season. And it'll be Christmas around the global campfire all the time. So check that out. And then lastly, the Daily Audio Bible Family Christmas Box for 2022 is available. Uh, next week, we'll, we will reach the cutoff point, at least for shipping for Christmas. And so if that's kind of on your list and you've been thinking about that, then don't delay there. Go ahead and order while you can. And we have packed the Christmas box this year full of all kinds of goodies. Uh, a fantastic box full of resources, things that you want to keep, things that you may want to give away. It's, uh, it's all full. And so you can check that out at dailyaudiobible.com or in the app. Just go to the shop and in the shop, you'll find the Christmas category and the Christmas box is in the Christmas category. If you want to partner with a Daily Audio Bible as we approach the end of another year together, thank you humbly um, and profoundly. Thank you for your partnership as we move day by day, step by step through the scriptures. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the give button in the upper right hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here. Tomorrow. This is Timothy from Mexico, and I was prompted by the Holy Spirit to express my appreciation for Maxwell uh, Harden, the son of Brian, his music. I bought uh, his Christmas uh, album a year ago, and have listened to it from time to time. But in this year, in this Advent season, it's been such a blessing and I recommend it. It's given me such, so much joy and comfort and uh, tranquility, tran- tranquility as I listen to it. Uh, and I do other uh, uh, things as I listen to it, read the Bible and pray. And uh, thank you so much, Maxwell Harden, for your great talent and using it for the glory of God. You have a wonderful Advent season and Christmas. In, in the name of Jesus, goodbye.
Good morning, DABC fans and family. This is Samantha from Tennessee, and I was just calling in to ask you guys to join me in prayer for my husband as well as all of our loved ones that might not be as passionate about the Word as we are. Um, so, Lord Jesus, I ask for a hunger for my husband and my family. I ask that they would desire your word, that they would wake up thinking about it and go to bed thinking about it and that your Holy Spirit would convict and bug the fire out of them until they get it in your word. Jesus, I pray that in 2023, every person that the DABC family cares about and loves and wants to have a relationship with you through your word, that they would desire it, Jesus. I just pray for a desire and a hunger and the obedience to be in the word, not because we are better because we are, but we are better off because we are, because you are feeding us our daily spiritual bread, Jesus, and it is so important. Thanks, guys. Amen. Hey, Daily Audio Bible family. This is Jeremiah. God gives good gifts from Michigan. I'm a few weeks behind right now, um, but I just heard uh, Sean from London uh, call in about his uh, alcohol and drug addiction, and I just want to stand in the gap and join him in prayer. So would you join me as we go before the throne of grace and seek God's help? Father God, we uh, just come boldly uh, into your presence and thank you for your grace and mercy, your love and your forgiveness. Uh, we want to just stand in the gap for Sean and for all those who are struggling with alcoholism and drug addiction. And Lord, we just, uh, as we come before you, we just want to repent. We want to repent of pride, repent of idolatry, repent of fear, uh, repent of addiction. And Lord, I just uh, pray that you would um, bind the hand of the enemy in Sean's heart and mind and body and life. Uh, we just pray, Lord, that you would uh, do battle in the heavenlies on his behalf and that Satan uh, and his stronghold and the demons um, would flee uh, before the name of Jesus, before the name of Yeshua, and that you would set him free uh, from this addiction. Lord, that you would give him a testimony of your power and your love and your presence in his life, um, that he would be able to turn away each and every day, take himself out of the center of his life, and put you and your glory first in his life. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. All God's children said, Amen. Love you. Bless you. Hey, Deb. Good morning. It's Blessings Flow in Pennsylvania. I wanted to leave a quick praise report. Today is December 6th, but over the weekend, like December 2nd, I was, I listened to that day's podcast and I went back to August to one I hadn't finished. And um, it was on Ezra, really encouraging. And, um, was in the Psalms and I paused it for a moment. My husband came in and he had given me this letter 
and asked if I could put it on our prayer board. And it was one we received that day from a lawyer, uh, something from our business. Honestly, it was a threat that if we don't do something, you know, um, this person may come against us and it's about something that's not true. But he wanted me to put the letter up on the prayer board so we could pray for it. And I said, okay, one second. And I pressed play again on the daily audio Bible. And don't you know the exact scripture was Psalm 27, 12. And it was something like, you know, don't fret about your foes that come against you with malicious lies or something like this. And um, I just thought, what in the world? I've read Psalm 27 many times and I guess there's just certain parts I had paid attention to. Um, but it just really encouraged me that I would listen to that at that exact time. And it was from August and now it's December. Anyway, the word of God is always right on time. And I just hope I can come across with the same amazement <laughs> I had in that moment. I just want to give God glory. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hello, my name is Echo Hope. I love you. And I would like to graciously invite you to please pray with me. Papa, there are some situations and circumstances which have allowed us to entertain some thoughts that cause us to believe that you are not here, that you are not near, and that you have forsaken us. We may be tempted to overcome our goodness in your graces with doubt and unbelief. Fear be gone in the name of Jesus Christ. We have nothing to do with you and you have no right to entertain our vessels. We are a ship plowing forward. The sails are being blown by the very word of God spoken into our bones. Rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Fear be gone now. Cut ties we have nothing to do with you. The axe is laid to the root of the tree and the axe is you and me on that cross with Jesus Christ in the tree is the satanic root and nature of sin. We have no place in you. You have no place in us. Take back what you've given and leave nothing here that belongs to you. Go. Papa, I thank you for giving me the opportunity to pray. You have lit a fire inside of me that is overwhelming and I can hardly contain it. Please help me channel everything that you have taught me in a proper, decent, and orderly fashion. Help me not to vomit and throw up all over everyone that I meet. Help me learn how to show them how much I love them so that way you can be all things through me to everyone in need. Jesus.